Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hi loves. Last episode, I just jumped right in there. We just jumped right in there and I just gave you a whole bonus teaching that I did for the training ground on medicine circles and medicine philosophy and healing and making space for healing. And this, our our final day, our Monday before 2019, I'm going to continue on that thread and I'm sharing with you today another bonus teaching that I did on dosage and navigating what what that is when we talk about medicine, we talk about healing, uh, kind of how we navigate that. So I hope you enjoy that. These are uh, actual teaching recordings that I use in the training ground with my students. And I just wanted to take this moment before we drop in that and just give thanks and offer blessings to 2018, one way to name, you know, we're in there's so many new years throughout the year and this is one calendar and one place to mark it. And I just want to say 
what an incredible year it was. It's been a year. I've been doing a year of podcasts now with Vagina Talks and it's changed my life and it's just a total gift and I love it. I love being with you in this way. So I want to say Happy New Year if you celebrate and offer just so many blessings to 2018, a profound year of change and transformation and shifting and just so blessings on that, blessings on that, blessings through this crossing and this shifting time and blessings as we emerge into 2019. And uh, yeah, so that's what's happening now as we go. So breathing deep and choosing to let love and choosing to let kindness fill our bodies, fill our bones and show us how to make a beautiful and kind world and to make that world in us and to make it outside of us. So, and I just want to say I'm hitting the road again and I'll be in the Southwest and in California and in Florida and up the East Coast. And if you want to spend some time together, reach out to me playing the game, a medicine circle, doing sessions, hanging out, having coffee, recording podcasts. I'm coming around the country, so would love to see you and connect. So don't hesitate to reach out. You can always do that uh, through my website. So that's it. I just wanted to take that moment and do that. So without further ado, medicine and dosage, keep learning, keep healing, keep being you. You're gorgeous. All right. Lots of love. Enjoy. All right. So medicine, what is medicine? What counts as medicine? What is dosage? Who does it? What's real medicine? When does it count? How do we know it's the right medicine? Right? I mean, these are the these are the things to talk about today at this moment. So I've been working with or sitting with or playing with the idea of what's, like how to define this term medicine that's being used these days. And I would say medicine is anything that you take or do that supports the healing, wholing, balancing, fulfillment of your being moves you into health and wholeness. So you can take it, like that's the idea of medicine. What determines whether or not something is like medicine is the appropriateness of it and the dosage. So for instance, if you have a headache and it's a dehydration headache, then drinking water with electrolytes in, in, you know, over the course of an hour or two drinking a bunch of it is a good, that's the right medicine for that. You know, if you've done that and you're hydrated and this and that and yada yada and you can feel it's stress and you've done the things you've the thing and the medicine the right medicine for your headache is ibuprofen then the right dosage of ibuprofen is the right thing of it 200 400 milligrams or whatever that is you know versus like your 
I feel like the answer to everything is always water. So it's hard to imagine something that drinking water with electrolytes wouldn't be the solution for. But, uh, <laughs> but um, let's say it's let's say you got a like a physical like injury on your leg, right? Like if you just left it dirty and unattended and drank water, and you're like, but water with electrolytes is my medicine. It's like, well. Maybe actually cleaning that with soap and water and tending it and taking the crud out of your leg, like that's, that's the right medicine, right? Versus, not versus, and like for example, if you have a headache and you take a huge amount of ibuprofen that actually makes your stomach hurt and like is not good, it's hard on your liver and you know, then that's like not medicine anymore. You've gone, it's dosage too far, too far. That being said, Dosage also can be like, you know, you're feeling really anxious and so you do two minutes of meditation and like you feel a little bit better or you're feeling really anxious and you take a sip of Nervine tea, a relaxing tea, and then you go on about your day and 45 minutes later, you're, 45 minutes later you're all wound up again because your dosage was too low, right, for what's at hand. So dosage is appropriate dosage, the amount of, of what's at hand for you. Uh, as well as it being the correct and right thing to do. So I feel like where it's like, okay, so that's like kind of what it is. So I really believe that anything can be medicine and anything can be toxic and anything can be like palliative care that maybe doesn't necessarily address the core thing. And I would say palliative care or like low dosage things don't particularly run the risk of toxicity. They do run the risk of lack of efficiency or ineffectiveness. One of the things that come to mind about that is we're in a time, and I don't know if this is always true or will always be true, but right now we're in a time where we're a recovering culture. We're like a sick and injured culture. And so every, as far as I can tell, everybody needs medicine. We all need medicine right now. The like trauma, anxiety, mental illness, stress on the body, the toxicity that we, the environment that we're pumping into and bringing, you know, pumping out of and bringing into our, our bodies and beings is a lot. And so we need, we need medicine. We need to support that recovery. And then the question is what's, what's the medicine? And so there's medicine that's direct treatment of something. For instance, uh, a balm or a salve directly on a wound or arnica, homeopathic arnica for, uh, recovery for surgery in your body or you know a bruising there's pharmaceutical medicines a particular kind of pharmaceutical medication that may alter specific brain activity in a very specific way to to maintain an accessibility to to yourself okay so these are all different kinds of like there's like treatment medicines and then there's medicines that are I would say like holistic medicines or that, that address and help you come into your own center and support your own natural ability to be in equilibrium or to bring yourself into healing. And so things like that, there's a lot of things that are out there and they're called lots of different things that come to mind that have this effect of the, and that's why they can often be, people are like, well, what does it do? And the answer is like, it does everything because it it doesn't do everything. What it does is help us bring our own body and our own system into alignment and into function so that our body and system or our spirit can then address it. For instance, things such as meditation, Reiki practice, 
movement practices, any kind of energy medicine practice, artistic expression or the arts in general are, are practices or medicines that, that can be used specifically to, to treat a specific thing. Most of the time they do have that, an aspect or a cultivation where that's really true. You can use them in very specific ways. And fundamentally, the way in which they, they really kind of principally overarchingly work is by bringing us into greater access to our own self and providing a time space in which our bodies can do that. And there's some research about brainwave um, states of being that, that go into the way that a trance state, an artist painting or a meditator go into the same brainwave space. And in that space, muscles and bones heal faster. And in that space, uh, mental processing happens in a more functioning way. There's a lot of research in the brain that says we basically don't process or think or grow or heal anything new unless we're sleeping. That everything we do when we're waking is just like, uh, it's like data set up. But the actual, the actual work of it or the actual yeah yeah that 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 when we are in a more centered or balanced way you know I think one of the oh I think I was saying that the different trance states that there's different ways to get into that space and different zones that we can get into that then the body restores oh I was saying sleep wow really had to work that one back that uh, yeah, no, it's like data. Like it's just data points that we get over the course of the day as much as we think we're processing or thinking a new thought or doing a thing. I would assume with further research that, that there's certain, what they're really talking about um, is states of, states, states of being in which we process and digest. And those brainwave spaces are the kind of thing that come to mind, that we can be in these different spaces. And, and that most people only go into those spaces when they're sleeping. So if they don't go into that space, but meditation, um, arts, any kind of um, altered state space can be a place where that happens, which brings us to altered states. There's medicine. I think about medicine as being like medicine that's always occurring. It's like healing that's always taking place. That's just actively happening. And then there's like proactively bringing medicine or bringing a substance or bringing a practice into the medicine that's already there. I'm finding myself all of a sudden needing more than what, more than this is what I was talking about, right? It's like medicine is used to be all these different things. So if healing's always taking place and the healing in and of itself or the ability to do that is medicine, and then there is this thing of taking medicine. So taking the medicine is about finding the point at which function stops being stops functioning or starts to lose its functionality and bringing something in taking medicine or bringing medicine in would be bringing bringing something in to optimize that medicine can also be fasting so you can fast on food you can fast on speaking you can fast on substances specific substances or specific kinds of food um, or certain kinds of behavior so medicine is both you can take it or you can take it by not taking it Uh, a lot of sensitive people uh, people that I think that are designed actually to work with medicine were not trained to navigate that sensitivity very well if at all and so what we end up doing a lot of the time is finding coping mechanisms and finding survival 
methods to navigate, which can often be very frequently is a process of either numbing or distraction or both. And so what you do is you have a lot of very sensitive people who find themselves really addicted or self-medicating um, with substances that take them into an altered state that allow them to kind of get through the day without the skills that they need. Um, and so the process of so one of the things that comes up for me in this is like if that's happening for someone, if you just take away the medicine um, and then someone has no, nothing to help them, that's not always very helpful or productive. Often, more often than not, bringing in a, a another medicine and that over time when that other more effective or supportive or constructive element stabilizes then you can you can kind of go off the other so for instance if someone's on a pharmaceutical prescription behavioral mental health medication and they want to get off it I'm gonna say like okay great well what would you it's and they say someone may say to me I think if I meditate every day then I won't need this then I would say great then meditate every day and then and then slowly have, do the process of coming off it and finding out if that's if that's true is that really the thing some people will will do it the other way that's what they feel called to do and there's no judgment there but what i will say is that it's hard it's really hard when you when you have when you're not getting any of the support to find the best support and then i'm often encouraging of people to if you're willing to have the diligence to to look for better and improve your support as you go and kind of fine tune that medicine you know, it's a very interesting notion. It's a big, a big point of question of who is the authority on that and who knows. You know, in, in our kind of pharmaceutical world, there are people that are literally the authority and they tell you whether or not the medicine's working and what your dosage should be. But they are really working off of the information that they get from you or the information that they're perceiving. Hopefully they're listening to you. One of the things about this is that it's really important, in my understanding, is that you are actually... This is a little bit tricky here because you are actually the only source that can really identify whether or not a medicine is working. Though there are times and circumstances where your trustworthiness or your accountability or your perception or your ability to really be that trustworthy source is like not a good idea. For instance, when we're really, 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 really sick we need a certain kind of care before we can even get back to it. It's like if you, you know, I have a friend who, you know, you get really injured and then something else gets injured due to the injury and then you need a lot of help for three weeks before you can even do, you know, basic things by yourself. And so, you know, depending on where you are, being physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional, you may need to have someone else be the responsible party at certain degrees and in certain circumstances to get you to a place of stabilization where you, then you can become the more accountable resource point for making decisions from there. That being said, if something isn't working a lot of the time, except in pretty extreme circumstances, you're the person who's going to know that. And the way... What I want to say is that I... I have 
you know, cultivated a relationship with my body, with my mind, with my emotions, with my energetic space so that I can get a sense of, is this working? Is this not working? And if it's not working, going through the things, the medicines that can get me back to working. And a bunch of this stuff, for the most part, a lot of the time, a lot of the care that I need is care that I can provide for myself and by myself. And I need, that's how it needs to happen. And that's how it needs to get done. And there's a large amount of care and a large amount of medicine that comes through another person or multiple people. And there are times where if I don't, one of my most defining notions that I need to get more help or that I need more medicine in my process is if I can't identify what I need. If I can't hear myself and I can't identify what it is that I need, then I know I, I am really in then I really am in need. Like that's what it is. And so then the most simple basic practices. So I have a couple practitioners that I'll go to that help me hear myself. And I go back to the simplest practices of let me just stop trying to address the concern at hand, a decision that I need to make or somewhere I need to go or something I need to do. I put all of that to the side and make the number one focus and the number one invitation of the medicines that I'm going to engage with just about connecting with myself. So coming back to that holistic place, from that holistic, centered, connected place, I can then get access. I'm a very trustworthy source to know if the treatment or more specific medicine that I'm working with is working or not working. I don't have access to my centered, coherent self then I'm probably not going to be very helpful at discerning whether or not the medicine I'm taking is not working or not working. One of the things that will definitely determine a medicine not working is if you don't take it. Talking about medicine, thinking about medicine, telling other people that you do it, (laughs) that you're doing a certain kind of medicine without doing it is rarely going to be the way that you actually receive the benefits of the medicine. So um, and we all, and it's like, I've done it, I've done it. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll do it again someday, probably in some way or another. Um, but that, that's, that's a really good thing. If you talk about things that you know are good for you or they're balancing, they bring you back to center and you, you do them, do them. You know, one of the stories that I tell around this is that I, when I had my breakdown at 19 and dropped out of college and moved back home and got diagnosed with uh, PMDD, and was looking at my you know recovery one of the things that I learned over those seven years was that I really did need to take daily medicine and that my medicine was practice and I practiced about three three hours a day I'd average probably range from anywhere from two to four but I would often wake up around between seven or eight and be able to start my day around 11 somewhere between 10 and noon so I would meditate, I would journal, I would move, I would pray, I would alter tend. I would take all these different medicines and I had to take them. If I didn't take them, if I took all my medicines and then I went and started my day, I could I could be a pretty functional person. If I didn't, if I skipped my dosage, and this is the same thing with like pharmaceuticals, people do this, you skip a day, you skip two days and you're like, I feel okay. And then a couple days in, you like start to feel weirder and weirder. One of the things is if you're in an extreme situation, sometimes you won't even notice that you're feeling weirder and weirder. And, uh, and the other thing that people do is they take medicine, they feel better, and then they stop taking their medicine because they feel better. And that is so common and so human and so reasonable, and it's really not how it works. If you're taking medicine and it's working, then what you need to do is you need to keep taking it. And if you're going to stop taking that medicine, this is what I was saying before, I highly recommend you finding another 
medicine to work with. So if still meditation isn't feeding you, then, then and you're finding that it's not working for you, then I would say, okay, now try another. Now, what I want to say here is that I know people that are, like, sometimes I call them practice jumpers, where they go from like practice to practice and they, they get really into something like every two to, f- like two to five years. They'll get into something and then when the practice doesn't fix the issue at hand, they go to a new practice. And one of the things that I really want to invite people to look at, if that's the case, is, is it the practice... Or is it your resistance to actually changing, which is what the practice is asking you to do? Because medicine asks your system and your body to change. If you're taking a pharmaceutical, if you're taking a drug, if you're taking uh, herbs, if you're taking a movement practice or meditation practice, you're inviting your system to be different than it was when you started. That's the point. You take it into the system, it taps into your own system, does a different thing, has a different impact. And a lot of people want their outside circumstances or one thing in their life to change without changing the whole landscape. And every once in a while that works. And if it's worked for you or it could work for you, blessings and good luck. And a lot of the time when one thing in our life really isn't working, for us to really shift and have that start working, then we need to, you know, we need to take and you know, we need to take a medicine to address that. That medicine will work its way into that holistic centered place, especially if if you, if you want the thing to resolve itself or be different someday. So practice jumpers, I often invite the contemplation of, is it that the practices aren't working and so you've left and gone to another? Or is it that the practice is working and is now connected to all your stuff and all your junk and now you need more practice, not less? And so I always look for, are you practice jumping or are you adding practices? Because it can be really often you get into a thing and this is true herbalists will talk about this a lot which is that herbalists very frequently will give you an herb to work with as you are today you work with that herb for six weeks six months two years you know but they're always checking in and saying oh nope now you don't need this because now you've changed the medicine has changed you so now you've changed you need a different medicine so then the herbs change and the process changes same thing with teachers movement teachers art teachers like practice this practice this practice this okay now you've got that but now that you've got that we can see this and working towards that optimization and so once you've stabilized yourself out of a crisis mode then a lot of the time what we're looking at in any practice is not just the practice itself but how you're doing the practice how can you fine-tune the practice? How can you really fine-tune the, the, the medicine of that, the integration, the working with it? Let's see. Yeah, that once you get, so coming back to that, if you're using a variety of different practices, and I did, I've, in my journey, have used, you know, pharmaceuticals, antibiotics, uh, herbal remedies topical oral at different times in in different ways and um and body practices spiritual practices energy practices prayer practices um all these different things and that there are times where they're really working and i do it and there are times where it's just working and and the invitation is to let it keep to let it keep working and if you need to add something in add it or create it but to really let the practices when they start to work you to work, to work it, to lean into your practice. If your practice did help you, if your medicine, if the medicine was working, but then the medicine starts getting uncomfortable, 
highly encourage people to lean in and just like anything, maybe up your dosage in terms of tolerance. Like if 20 minutes of meditation was working, but now 20 minutes of meditation is not working, maybe you add a second time of day where you do two 20-minute sets or you do a 40-minute set. You bring yourself up. That's very common in, in energy and medicine practices is to just give more time and space and focus. And if it's not more time and space, then it's definitely more focus. So either up the potency or up, up the potency in some way or another, be it the amount of time or the method or the delivery system of how you're doing it. Who prescribes? Yeah, so the person who prescribes your medicine is the person who knows about that medicine is generally the thing. So if you're taking pharmaceuticals, then the person who's prescribing is, your, is, is, the, is the physician at hand who's going to prescribe that medication. If you're studying a meditation practice and you have a meditation teacher, they're the person. So if they say sit for 15 minutes a day, sit for 15 minutes a day. If they say sit for an hour a day, sit for an hour a day. If your doctor says take 5 milligrams, take 5 milligrams. If your doctor says take 10, take 10. Don't take five. And if that dosage isn't working, then you go to the teacher or you go to the physician and you say, I don't think this dosage is working for me. And then, you know, and this is the part where we get to be advocates for ourselves is to have that physician really be on your team to work with someone, do the work you deserve having a physician and a team player who can have that conversation with you and say, maybe it's not the medication, maybe it's not the right medication, maybe it's not the right practice, let's, let's do that together. But I would really say, like, go where that source is coming from. If you're doing a yoga practice and they say do these six things and you only do two of them and three months from now you have back pain, it could be because you're missing four things that they told you to do. And you've been doing these two things great, but you're not doing the rest of it. So until you feel really connected and capable in getting the information from your own self, because that is the thing that happens, that you'll get that at a certain point in a certain way. But even so, even as I do that, I get, I get straight up prescriptions from my body, you know, in my practices, I still will go to a, you know, a professional in whatever kind of genre or practice of medicine to better understand and to, to do that because they're the people that have done the study and they know. Like, they're the ones who know. So, for instance, don't ask your meditation teacher about your dosage for your pharmaceuticals. And you don't need your doctor's, your physician's permission to listen to your meditation teacher. And I don't mean to make it sound so confrontational because it doesn't need to be that way. And yet, we often will do that. We'll take those questions to sources that are not the sources that are actually um, the hand on it because we've decided that there's some hierarchy that I need this person's approval or this is the person who's prescribing to me. To recognize the person who's prescribing to you needs to be in relationship to that which they're prescribing. And they need to have the, the, the appropriate relationship or hierarchical placement in relationship to that which they're prescribing. Not some just general notion of, of who knows a bunch or who has a degree or who's had the experience. But if you really trust your dance teacher and that's what it is. You know, that being said, if you do, you know, if you do have a center or a, a, a center piece that you work with, you know, bringing them into the conversation, if you're working with a, a therapist and you're going to go do some deep work, I'd say bring them in. Like, doesn't need to be confrontational. Bring them in on your team. Be transparent about that. You know, if you know you're going to go do some deep emotional work, you know, having a therapist know that that's what's happening so that they can participate with you in that dosage. Because one of the things that happens is that we, and I 
can come from a lot of different places, um, shame or other things like that, where we segment and we don't tell our practitioners or our professionals about other aspects when it could be really helpful for them to have that information. I'm very strict about having people stay on their medication when they come to work with me and that if they're going to change that, that they get to do that. They get to do that with the professional who gave them that medication. I didn't give that medication. I'm not the person to say when and how um, for them to come off it. I mean, even especially because sometimes coming off of a medication or going onto a medication is its own knowledge base in and of itself in addition to the medication. So, and this is true of a medicine too. Like when people first start meditating, there's a lot of things that come up when they first start beginning that's different, that is different than when you've been meditating for a long time. And that can be the same when you start first start taking a medic- medication. There can be this this time period. At the same time, when you, if you've been drinking every day for 17 years and you stop drinking, that process that your body is going to go through as it recalibrates and reorients to taking in stimulus, digesting food, navigating your organs, that's a whole other process. So working with someone and turning to someone who's going to have an understanding of how you integrate and, and navigate the on and off or the coming on to or the changing the dosage, that's a really helpful place to, to look to. And then, like I said, you know, no one knows what's happening in your body, in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, in your womb. No one knows better than a connected you. Nobody. And so first and foremost, my invitation is always to get connected. And second of all, even if you're not, if you don't feel connected in all the ways to really honor the places and ways that you are connected and, and to really work with that. Okay, great. Medicines. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know.
you know.